Welcome to the Free to Be podcast, the podcast empowering female entrepreneurs to be exactly where they are and who they are. No more downplaying your success. No more hiding your struggles. No more trying to fit yourself into this neat, perfect little box. You get to be all of it all of you right here on the free to be podcast. I'm your host, Liza. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the free to be podcast. I'm your host, Liza. And today we have a very special guest, my friend, Allison Reeves. Allison is a business coach for entrepreneurs who got started in 2011 and now helps creators and experts scale their income by blending strategy with mindset restoration. She managed marketing teams for several multi-million dollar companies and then started and grew her own business by over 200% for three consecutive years. Her business is to help people make more money, but her mission is to help people love their lives. Such a beautiful mission. Thank you so much for joining me today, Allison. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So Allison and I met about a year ago. We were in a a coaching group together and we met in this amazing, beautiful place, Belize, uh, on a retreat um, and just instantly, Allison is one of those people who just has an energy that you gravitate towards. She's such an amazing example of an entrepreneur. So I'm excited to dive in. But before we do, I have a little game that I like to play. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, we like to play Two Truths and a Lie. I'm ready. What you got for me, Allison? Okay. I used to be a missionary. Okay. I'm the youngest of three siblings. And I've never broken a bone. All right. Those are three good ones. I love when I don't know what the lie is. I know one of them that's the truth, but I don't know what the lie is. <laughs> I'm curious which one you know is the truth, but I guess we'll find that out at the end. We will find out at the end. We'll find out at the end. Uh, so you started your journey into entrepreneurship. We're going to dive right into that um, You know, several years ago, starting by doing something that isn't really anything like what you're doing professionally right now. Can you talk about how you got into the journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, it, it is related. It's quite different. But in 2011, I was painting like acrylics on canvas. Um, and then I've been a musician since high school. So I was, you know, I started a website to post my music, to sell the paintings. Um, and then at the time, the I was working for a college as an executive assistant. They promoted me to website administrator, which I was super unqualified for. Um, but that propelled my career into marketing. So I just I kind of stumbled into marketing from there, and that was like the first thing I did that I thought I could do forever. Um, so became a professional marketer, did content marketing, advertising, mostly online, a little bit of local early on in my career. And that actually sold that blog in 2020. Um, So I still blog, but it's for a very different kind of monetization strategy than in 2011, for sure. That is interesting. I actually did not even know that you could sell a blog, that that was like a thing. It is a lot like selling a house. It's like a little bit less complicated, but it's like you're gathering P&Ls and you're like deciding on assets and you have a broker usually. And it was it was a lot more complicated than I thought it would be, <laughs> to be honest with you. Interesting. Wow. You learn something new every day. So did you have that vision when you started your original business of like, all right, I'm going to grow this blog and then I'm going to sell it and do something different? Or how did that come yeah, about? Yeah. No, um, did not have that vision. My vision was like, I didn't really know... <laughs> I didn't really know how to properly blog in 2011. So that was pretty early in blogging days still. And I knew that people could make money with a blog, but I never 
It took me until 2018 to make money with a blog in the way that I'd like heard that people could, like ads and affiliates and things like that. Um, what I didn't give myself enough credit for is like I I made that blog to sell paintings and I was selling paintings with no experience or background for like two hundred to four hundred dollars. Like, who is she? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. And then I I kind of so then in my marketing career, I worked at a local company and then I worked for a company that was more a web-based company. And that company was the company that really introduced me to like the whole coaching aspect. And what really kind of turned a light bulb on for me was when the founder of that company asked me to sit down with one of his colleagues and coach them and consult for them for free. And I was like, why am I helping all these other coaches become like some of them eight figures, like make a lot of money. And I'm like doing all this work behind the scenes. And I decided I wanted to start teaching people. Like I wanted to start coaching others on marketing specifically back then in 2017. Did that for a year, got burned out, which is like a whole other story, returned to the blog and thought, how can I make this work passively? Like, how can I do the thing that I'm doing for other people on this blog? Um, And then that kind of turned everything on its head in my world as far as entrepreneurship. That's amazing. I think that the thing that I hear you saying is being open to what opportunities present itself because you know that wasn't really your plan but you just were faced with all these opportunities and you know people you know some people can look at that and like you know just shut it down but you were open to receiving. Yeah, you know, I almost feel like it was like things. open to receiving but more than that it was like I'm going to get something to work. Like it was like, it was a lot of entrepreneurship for me was kind of born out of frustration early on. It was like, I'm so tired of, I was motivated financially. Like I just, I was so tired of people determining how much I was worth and seeing people around me be really successful while letting one person decide my annual living. Um, And then, yeah, just not giving up. I think in hindsight, it's easy to look at all this now and say like, Oh, she just like moved from one thing to the other. And like, look at her being so open to opportunities where in the moment I didn't give myself any credit. I felt like a failure. Mm. I never, I never like now it's, you know, more than 10 years later, I'm like, can't believe I sold paintings for $400. (laughs) (laughs) No formal training. But back then I was like, I just wanted it to be more, which I think that's a huge lesson. It's like not, I never saw what I'd done well until way into the future. Mm, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. right? Like we see, it's like they say, like the, if you've ever seen like those memes or whatever, it's like, I wish I was as skinny as the first time I thought <laughs> I was fat or something like that. You know, like you can look back and be like, oh, actually I did pretty good at that. Or, you know, but in the moment, it's so hard to see the successes that we're having or the things that we're doing well, because we can be so hypercritical. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So one thing that I really, really admire about you and your entrepreneurship is you are such a creative entrepreneur and you bring in those like creative flares of your painting and, you know, your music and all of those things like really being a part of who you are and not just like compartmentalized of like, okay, over here on um, the weekends, I get to do this. And then during the week, I'm this person. Like you do such a great job of embodying all parts of that. Do you feel like that's something that's always come natural to you? Is that something that's kind of taken work to develop? I think it has come natural to me. Um, I actually had a new one-on-one client, a new mastermind client um, join with me 
in December who said, like, one of the reasons I got, I've been following you forever, which I had no idea that she'd been following me forever. Um, but one of the reasons why I've been following you forever is because you just do whatever the hell you want to do. And I was like, oh, do I? Like, it never occurred to me. But I feel like the lesson there, and this is true for like everybody listening, is like the thing that comes most naturally to you is probably the thing you're going to notice the least. And so for me, it has never been an option to not be authentic, or and I would say authentic, but or another word it would be expressive. Like if I'm like struggling with something in my life, then that's going to show up in my energy and what I'm selling. If I'm not inspired by the thing I'm selling, I won't sell it anymore. And that has come with a lot of benefits, like being fully expressed, being really creative. And it's also come with some challenges in that, like, there are some parts of building an online business that I'm like, really resistant to because I'm like, that is a great idea, but I don't feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's like a constant, it's not a constant battle. Like I'm, I'm very productive. Um, and I'm very motivated, but it is like, I can get in my way because of my emotions sometimes, um, which is a huge part of my journey too. I'm like how to honor the emotional side of business at the same time as the practical side. And how do you, <laughs> well, here's a summary of the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I think like what, so when you reached out to me on Instagram and you were like, I would love to talk about this topic on the podcast. I feel like that I've been the, the, the video that Liza saw was about um, balancing like the importance of feminine energy in business and life. And that teaching is the culmination of the last two years of work of like, And that started with like doing mindset work, which I feel like most people are at least these days vaguely familiar with mindset. And some people recognize the importance of it more than others. But most of us have a sense of like, I know I need to journal. I know I need to do affirmations. I know I need to increase my belief in myself. And most of us also do some of that mindset work and hit a wall and feel like crap. And then we're like, what do I do now? Like, and I was in a mastermind when I first kind of started learning about mindset and it was like, I had these huge epiphanies about having a vision for my life and then would crash because of some kind of trigger and affirmations don't get you through a trigger. And so I learned kind of over time, I could talk about this, like, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, let you guide our questions. But basically I learned how to not just like manifest and set goals, but do it from a trauma informed perspective. And then learn how to feel. Because I think if you listen yeah. to anything from like Abraham Hicks is like a super popular teacher on manifesting, what they talk about over and over and over and over and over again is like you have to feel into the energy of what you want. All it's all about focusing on what you want. It's all about focusing on how you want to feel. But what is not acknowledged in those teachings ever is that a lot of us are afraid to feel. We don't feel safe to feel. So then we mess up our manifesting and nobody's talking about it. Um, but that's like how I discover the importance of feminine energy and that integration was realizing that mindset alone wasn't enough. There was like something else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just like- I know. I just so opened many, up a can of worms. <laughs> so many amazing things. I love it though. You know, it, it's so true. I, I think, remind me, 
Are you an Enneagram? I actually don't know my Enneagram because every time I take the test, I I get a different answer. And so then I I need to take like the real actual test. What would yeah. you guess okay. that I am? All right, I'm sending it to you just because. Okay, I'll before. take it after this and let you know. I would guess that you're. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. All right, thank you. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, I'll let all of you know in the show notes what Allison's Enneagram is, because I know that I have a lot of Enneagram listeners on here that I'm like, I'll probably get messages after this of like, I oh, I would love that. You have you have to let me people know. that know more we'll about it than me. I will definitely let you know. But so I'm an Enneagram eight, um, which is actually also like there's not as many women that are Enneagram 8s. Like it tends to be more of a male-dominated Enneagram type. Um, but it's also like it's the challenger. It's the person who, you know, you know, bulldozes straight ahead. Like let's just, you know, keep going. And that I think combined with living in a world that is so heavy in the masculine when I'm already like maybe veering that way. And then like, I have a world rewarding that. Um, and the Enneagram eight, their key emotion is anger. So if you were to ask me how I feel most of the time, the only thing I could say is, well, I'm just really angry (laughs) about whatever. And it's like, a lot of times that's not actually Mm. the emotion, right? There's so many layers deeper to that of maybe it's passionate or maybe it's sad and it's coming out as anger, but getting in touch with what you're, you actually feel is that in and of itself is a huge challenge to like know what you're feeling for so many people. And if you don't know what you're feeling, you don't know what you need. You don't know what you want. And there's a lot of people. So I got like all of this work, like knowing that mindset work wasn't enough, but even so like in most of my programs for the last four years, a lot of my, maybe even more than four years, a lot of my case studies for like blog coaching programs, programs that teach people how to get their first client programs on Facebook advertising, most of my case studies talk about how mindset made the biggest difference. And so like I knew I was on to something. And then like through my own journey of like hitting my own wall, I discovered through a couple of the coaches that I had somatic work. And even the way that I learned it then, there was still like something else. But learning how to like coach myself. So somatic refers it just means like the body. So basically you're you're leveraging your nervous system to get additional information about whatever you're going through. Um, but learning how to really like slow down and feel even the bad feelings. So like your biggest feeling that comes up most easily is anger. Mine is anxiety. That's <laughs> like my default to like, I'm excited. I'm sad. Yeah. I'm angry. Like it always like usually is, like starts with the anxiety. And so then when you feel the anger, when I feel the anxiety, closing my eyes, slowing down, finding it in my body. So where do I feel this in my body? And anxiety, I often feel it like in my chest is like this buzzy feeling. And then like asking that what it needs um, is so powerful, which is like, I don't know if that's like too much for a podcast, but slowing down, finding the physical sensation. Some of you won't be able to feel it at all at first. And then just asking it what it needs and seeing what comes up. but that's the, and then you, because you can't move forward with what you want until you know what you're feeling and you can't focus on manifesting without being able to feel the thing that you want. And so many of us just plow through feeling like crap <laughs> and then hope we can manifest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that that's probably 
one thing that so many people have in, have trouble with manifesting is because we make mm. it a head thing, right? Like, well, I can visualize it, I can see it, and it still isn't coming true. But like, our we are emotional beings. We have so many more layers to us than just what's in our head or you know what we can visualize. But can you feel in your body the way it feels as if you've already achieved that thing. And this is, you know, one time when I actually realized this, I love live music. I love going to see live music. It doesn't matter if it's a huge venue, if it's a small coffee shop, like I just love it. And we were just, my husband and I were just recently at a Scotty McCreary concert in our town. And I was sitting there and we were just listening to the music, but like, I just felt this like way Mm -hmm. in my body that like, as if I were the one on stage that I just like had achieved everything in the world. I'm like, I need a moment to just sit here and like think about how my body feels because I want to recreate this feeling later on when I'm visualizing. Oh, that is so powerful. That is exactly, and that's like such a good resource. And the other thing I I talk about with clients all the time is like it's important to feel so that you can like focus on what you want, but it's also really important to feel because. When you, so in entrepreneurship, there's lots of context, like not everything we manifest is about money, right? Like science is about health or love or whatever, but I'm guessing for a lot of people listening as entrepreneurs, it's about money. Um, but when you, so for example, I'm like going along, I'm doing 5k months and maybe I get a little bit more here and there. And then all of a sudden I've got like a 20k month. Your body does not feel safe <laughs> when you have something different than what you've had before. And so you'll self-sabotage mm. because your body wants to get back to what it was before, even if it wasn't the good. And so the other great thing about feeling your the things that you want is that you kind of prepare your nervous system for when that thing comes so you can get back to an equilibrium. So at least that's my experience of like feeling it. It's like, okay, then when I have a big month, it's not like me freaking out and like, oh my God, this is never going to happen again. This is so amazing. It's like everything just kind of feels more like a wave instead of like lots of crazy mountains you just feel like more even keel all the time but that's another reason why for me i've learned like feeling the thing that i want helps prepare me for it so i don't freak out when it actually gets here <laughs> yeah that's so good I'm, i want to ask you something that just like you know came into my mind and maybe you'll completely disagree <laughs> with this because i've never really thought about it before this moment <laughs> maybe i disagree with it i don't know but it almost sounds like you know when you can get comfortable with yourself and your own motions and your own feelings, everything externally, you can look at in like a neutral perspective of like, you know, whether or not I'm having a bad month or an amazing month doesn't really change me and who I am. And if I can keep it that neutrality, then I'm not going to have those really emotional highs or lows based around one particular thing. Yeah. Whether it be I feel like that. I do agree with that. And I feel like that's key. And I feel like being able to get to neutrality faster is possibly an indicator of like a regulated nervous system. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's right. A, I love that. Um, I love, I know, you know, Jenny from um, the medium experience who we also met in Belize, but she talks about the idea of like yeah. duality of like living life with like the good and the bad coexisting and that's like part of what the neutrality is for me is like the good and the bad can be here at the same time. Whereas a year ago and definitely two years ago, it was like the good is really good and the bad like derails me for a couple of weeks. Mm. 
Yeah. And I think that's a great segue into it. Like we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the duality of harnessing your feminine and your masculine energy, because we we all have feminine and masculine energy within us. And I think sometimes, you know, in our, our current day and age, especially in business, the masculine energy is what's rewarded because that's the, you know, full steam ahead, let's get it done, let's work hard. It's creating this like hustle mentality when really that's not necessarily what it takes to be successful, at least not that alone. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your journey of finding the balance between those things and how, how embracing the feminine has benefited both you personally yeah, and your business. Yeah. So the, the masculine energy is, and for people who are newer to this verbiage, it has nothing to do with the gender. Um, I'm try, I was trying to find, cause I wrote this long blog post about it. Like what's a word I can use that is not, <laughs> does not sound like gender. And even if you look up like yin and yang, which is like similar, like conversation, they still describe those as feminine versus masculine. It's still, but yeah, like I was like, oh, interesting. Yang, yang. Maybe I could use that instead, but it's like masculine, feminine. Um, but yeah, masculine energy is like force, <laughs> goals, results, pushing, decisiveness. Um, and feminine energy is leaning back, receiving intu- intuitive qualities, waiting. Um, I would say like, so Jenny is, has been my spiritual coach for almost a year now. And when I first started working with her, I mean, masculine comes super natural to me. I like love the steps, love the structure, love the strategy. Um, and it's still definitely my default. Feminine energy for me and for a lot of us takes a lot of courage and trust because there's this like, there's these periods of waiting for the answer or waiting for the creativity. Um, I discovered feminine energy through not desire, (laughs) certainly not because I wanted to. It was because I hit this wall where like I had, I was really close to burnout and it would have, I don't think I totally burned out, but it would have been my second time to burn out. And I was felt really depressed and hopeless in my business where I was like, again, because I'm so tied to, it's really hard for me to do things that are like out of alignment with what I want, but I didn't know what else to do besides going back into the masculine. And really the reason why I started going into feminine energy, because I, because I went into debt. And so it wasn't even like the emotional side of like, I have to fix things. It was the practical side of like, this is not freaking working. Like I am going to drown. I am going to have to get a job or like, it was really like, I, I can't sell the way I was because I'm depressed and I can't keep trying to just like go along the way that I was by hiring new. I mean, my solution in the past is just hire another coach, hire another mastermind, freak myself out because of the investment, and then get into some action and try to make things work. And that works until it doesn't. And for me, it didn't work two times in a row. And I accumulated a lot of debt in a short period of time. And then I was like, all right, I'm willing to do something different. And I was meeting with Jenny, but I was also getting my somatic healing certification. And both of those things were all about feminine energy, feeling like all the things I hadn't done before. And the whole time I was doing them, are you okay with cursing on your podcast? Okay. The whole time, like I would say basically like for a year and a half, I was like, this all feels like bullshit. This feels like bullshit, but I know the thing I was doing before didn't work. So mindset work, when I first got into mindset work, it was like, 
a pretty immediate change that I saw. And getting into strategy and funnels and stuff, like there's lots of immediate results that you see. But getting into feminine energetics or learning how to manifest in a trauma-informed way, that is not necessarily a quick turnaround. So there was months where I was like, this feels like Mm. bullshit. (laughs) But I know that the other way doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm willing to keep going. And then in the summer of 2022, I guess it, it felt like ages, but I guess it was only about five months. <clears throat> I'd been working with Jenny for a few months and in the, in the somatic certification. And I had this month where I did not make much money in my business, but I manifested like over $13,000 of cash and then a giant gift from someone. Mm-hmm. And that was the first tangible evidence of like, okay, it does work. This does feel better. It is going to result in the financial abundance because I I was willing to keep going with the process of like the intuition and the feeling. I don't know. I mean, for people listening, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to your questions because I feel like this all sounds like so pie in the sky. But like I I was feeling better, so I was willing to keep going through the process, even though I wasn't seeing financial results, which is why I was doing it. But I was like, I feel better, so even though it feels like bullshit, I'm going to keep going. And then I finally had the tangible results, and I was like. Okay. And then I created a process and started teaching it to my clients when I felt like I was embodying enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's so many great things that you said. And I feel like, yeah, you know, I, I, I wish I could like now replay the recording and like pause it and be like, okay, this is what I wanted to say about this. Or this is what I wanted to ask you about that. But I think, you know, most entrepreneurs, I think, especially in today's world, especially the last year or two, have become more open to, as you were saying, like pie in the sky things, right? Because everything had to change during COVID. Like we all had to rethink everything we thought we knew about business and life and everything. And I I think it brought people to a different spot. But even what you're saying, I I relate it back to it's so funny. We're going to sound like we're like these people that have like, just like our little click because now I'm going to talk about Dr. Shannon, who we also, we're all together in Belize. So it's like, we got Jenny, we got Allison, we got Dr. Shannon. But you know, so uh, Dr. Shannon is a, a functional medicine doctor. And so I've been working with her for some fertility stuff as we've been struggling and been working with her for about four or five months now. I'm still not pregnant, right? However, I I do feel better. So it's one of those things too, where there are other instances in life where you don't get that desired result of what made you go into that thing, but you still know somehow that it's working, right? Like even though it started as a fertility thing, I'm still not pregnant. There's still these other things like, wow, I really do feel good. I do have more energy. I do, you know, feel less stressed and more grounded. And even if it's not the desired result, if we can hold on to those little things that we're seeing, then it's like, it gives us hope to hold on for the bigger thing, knowing that. Yeah. And then just trusting the journey. And I think that's the part where like with your work with Dr. Shannon and my work with balancing feminine and masculine energy, or there's learning to do business a different way. It's like, there's this period of courage where you have, I, I don't have the result that I want yet, but I trust whatever result is coming. And I appreciate what's here now. When I was like learning to manifest in this new way, learning to do business in a new way, uh, before I had that big month with like $14,000 of unexpected money, 
I started finding change on the ground. Like in a ridiculous amount of times. Like my husband and I are long distance cyclists. And so like he would get so annoyed with me. He 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 accepted it, but he I could tell it wasn't his favorite thing. Uh because I would want to stop and pull over and pick up a penny and pick up a nickel. And I remember like it just felt like God was giving me these signs that I was like on the right path, which I knew that I was, but then there was this one day where I found mm. a mountain of change. And it was like nickels and quarters and dimes and pennies all in the middle of a parking lot, which is like, why would anybody even have that? And I like stopped on my, oh my bicycle gosh. and had to pick it all up. And I just remember thinking like, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what it is. And then the next month is when all that came. But even if even if I had a manifested $13,000 or $13,000 to $14,000 of unexpected income, it's like I felt better. I trusted my life again. I had faith in something bigger than myself again. And I asked somebody on a sales call recently, like we had a a sales conversation before she bought for me. And I was like, what if we work together for six months and you're not making any more money, but you're working less? Would you feel like it was worth it? And she said, yes. Mm. And she did make more money, but, but sometimes, (laughs) but sometimes (laughs) I think we, we think that something is the end goal when maybe it's like, the journey is the destination. I think that's another thing that I learned to appreciate that I hated before. Yeah. It was like, no, I just want the destination. <laughs> just give me the destination. That's so that's so powerful because also just thinking that, you know, I think especially entrepreneurs, we, we're just programmed to right. always have another level, right? So like even if you have this thing, this destination in mind, as soon as you get it, you maybe enjoy it for a moment before you're on to the next thing and what's that next level and the ne- next achievement. And the space of where you were of like picking up the change and seeing those things as signs and having an attitude of gratitude for exactly where you are does help you to shift your perspective to about the journey. Because if we wait for that thing we're never going to be happy because if, if you say, I'll be happy right, once right. this happens, like it just doesn't yeah, happen. The goalpost always moves. And so mm-hmm. it's so hard to enjoy the journey though. It's like, I mean, still, I like, I'm definitely better than I was before. And I know like you like to share common, like current struggles too. And I feel like it's still my biggest success yeah. in learning how to balance masculine feminine energy and learning how to feel and work myself through the feelings. I think the biggest, what did I just say? (laughs) The biggest success is not, I used to call, I used to have this pattern I call my anxiety cyclone. I've successfully stayed out of the anxiety cyclone where I get to this like debilitating point of where I can't do anything because I'm just so anxious. But I still like the triggers I had when I started this work are like still the same triggers. I just move out of them faster. and that goalpost is always moving. So like, what is on the journey now? It's interesting talking about this because I feel like I've been in a place of not being gratitude, not being in gratitude, like being frustrated, wanting to be in a different place on my journey and like just enjoying the day to day. It's so important. It's hard yeah. though. I think this is such a, a great thing to remind the listeners about. So here is this entrepreneur has been in entrepreneurship for 12 years, 11, 12 years of this journey. And 
worked with multi-million dollar companies and increased her business by 200% three consecutive years. And yet still you find yourself that you have moments where you get paralyzed by anxiety or where um, you have some of these things. And I think that's so important. I think we, we put successful entrepreneurs on this pedestal, especially with social media. And it's so easy to think that they're not having the same struggle that we're having. It's like, no, we're, we're all in this together. You're not alone. I guarantee it. No matter how successful somebody else you're looking at is, yeah, they still have. Yeah. And I remember like when I, I remember feeling worried about money when I was like seven years old. Like I remember asking my parents like how much it cost to move from one house to the other. And my mom said it was like $300 or something. And I thought, oh my God, like we're going to go homeless. And I have no idea why I asked that question or why I was worried about that. But my biggest month ever to date was a $60,000 sales month. And even then I was just always worried about money. And it took getting to the place. I almost feel like I kind of manifested the debt that I have because I wasn't grateful. I wasn't seeing those results now. Like it's easy to say, you know, I started blogging in 2011. It's easy to look back now and say like, oh, that's pretty crazy that I was selling paintings for several hundred dollars. Um, and I can do that with my body. Like you mentioned the health earlier and like seeing these quotes of like, I wish I was as skinny now as I thought I was when I was fat the first time. And like, I, I went through that process of like, I'm not my skinniest right now, but I'm also not my fattest. And I just want to appreciate like what my body can do that I'm healthy, that I can sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> like I, for some reason I can grasp that and it's still hard. It's easier on the money side. Like, you know, I still have debt right now, but I have like a 6% interest rate on most of my debt, which is like pretty cool. Um, yeah. 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 So it's so hard. Like you have to appreciate where you are in the moment. Yeah, that's it's a crazy a crazy never-ending journey. Do you have any favorite affirmations that you like to say to yourself? I don't know if it's an I guess it is an affirmation, but like the in my like somatic work, the two things that come up the most for me with triggers, like when I ask like what I need are I am safe and I'm supported. And then Like the affirmation is powerful, but what's even more powerful is like what that feels like in my body. So like what you were saying earlier about the concert and like, I want to remember what this feels like so I can feel this later. It's like my, the the thing that has helped me the most, like the reminder that's helped me the most is like when I feel like I'm not safe financially, just remembering that I am. I have more money than I need this this month. I have more money than I need next month. I have more money than I need in June. I don't know what the heck is going to happen in July because that's the nature of entrepreneurship. But like, that's like a pretty decent runway considering I have to <laughs> bring money from out of thin air. Yeah. That's a pretty decent runway for safety. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I think that mm-hmm. um, being specific about that too, that's actually become one of my favorite affirmations too, which beginning, when I first started getting into affirmations, they were very, um, I guess, like specific to my business of like, you know, I am successful. I am, you know, I am capable. I'm a leader, you know, all these things. But really, I think that I am safe. And for me, I I often Mm. do. I am safe to whatever that thing is. And a lot of times for me, it is I am safe to receive 
or I am it is safe for me to rest. That was a really, really big one for me to get through just the amount of guilt that I had when I took a day off. If I wasn't, you know, quote unquote productive. I mean, it was that alone could be paralyzing. So, you know, just it is safe for me to rest or I am safe to receive or reminding yourself with words and like you were saying, feeling in your body of what it yeah. feels like to yeah, be Yeah, that's a big one in so entrepreneurship powerful. is like being safe to rest. Like we get into this to work less and make more money and somehow half of us end up working more than ever and we're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> Exactly. And and if you're early in your entrepreneur days, um, a lot of times it can feel like you're yeah. working more than you <laughs> ever have and making less money too. than you ever well, I, I was lucky. So. I guess you were too. Because well, I, I actually don't know your beginnings. I had a full-time job for a long time when I had a side hustle. And then I was really lucky to be able to go part-time. And um, yeah, I was really lucky in that regard to kind of build up the side hustle until I was ready. And then I, I jumped from a sinking ship and and actually, I quit my full-time job in uh, December of 2019, early early 2020. So it was like good timing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that could not have worked out better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's – and, you know, as a coach, but also owning a brick-and-mortar business, when I opened my salon, I had no clientele. I had no other stylist. And there was – I mean, for several years of me not paying myself or paying myself literally exactly what I needed to pay my bills and nothing more. And, you know, it is scary. And I think that's when it goes back to finding something that you love and that's aligned with who you are as a person, because that's how you get through those tough days is feeling like you're doing exactly what it is that you're supposed to be doing because yeah the journey of so what did you do like in those early I mean, days that's like a few years of like break even or not making anything like what kept you going yeah so when i first opened my business i was lucky enough that i would had moved to florida and i moved in with my parents and i was living in their in-law suite and that's really the only way that i could have done it and i remember after i opened my business um like a couple months or not even a couple months a couple weeks in i had like my first round of bills that came in and i sat there and i thought to myself i was 25 years old <laughs> and i'm like who let me do this i have no idea what i'm doing like what bank gave me a loan? What building what, let me sign a lease? Like, I am clueless. And it, it was, you know, thankfully, I didn't have a lot of bills and I just was able to pay what I needed to. Um, but it was a journey. And I think that, honestly, one of the reasons that so many small businesses go out of business, I think, personally, yeah. is that they don't just keep going when it gets really hard. Like, they take it as a sign that they're not supposed to do it instead of like pushing through. One thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is this concept of the two different kinds of resistance that we face. And one type of resistance is like that pressure that creates a diamond. Like we have to go through it. We are meant to persevere. We're meant to push through and like we're just waiting for our, our diamond moment. And the other kind of resistance is God smacking us upside the head saying, and I'm I trying really to get you to move in a different direction. Will you just listen to me? <laughs> exactly. And unfortunately, there's no flashing sign telling us which which type of resistance we're facing, but I think it's a lot easier to think that it's um us that we're supposed to move in a different direction when a lot of times it is just that we're we're meant to persevere and I think that having having that um 
connection with yourself and being really in tune with yourself helps you to find that right, discernment like of regulated nervous system means like resilience, get that neutrality that we talked about earlier and like getting better at the stressors. And then the feminine energy mm-hmm. of like waiting it out. And like the, I feel like feminine energy takes, it just takes so much courage. It's so much easier when things aren't working to just like try to hammer it and fix it instead of waiting and seeing yeah, it's really hard. It's worth it though. It definitely feels better. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think having that healthy feminine energy really can be what busts you through that next layer. Like if you're feeling stuck, just like you know, you were talking about if you're feeling stuck in your journey of leaning into that because it is the discomfort, but a lot of times everything that we're dreaming for and that we're hoping for mm, lies on yeah. the other side of our Over discomfort. and over and over again, unfortunately. Not just one time. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you're waiting for it to be yeah, done with this news. and then you think you're sad. If you made it this far. Sorry to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> just this. Yeah. But it definitely gets easier, right? Like it starts over again. <laughs> even with like my, what I call my anxiety cyclone. Yeah. It's not like two weeks of being debilitated. It's like, 15 minutes and then I like work through it and then move on to the next thing. And that I'm so grateful for the relief of moving through it quickly. The goal is not like we, I've been a lot of the triggers and lessons that you learn, unfortunately are the ones you have to learn over and over again in this lifetime, but it does get easier. Mm, so true. Yeah, definitely. So if you could look back on younger Allison, whether or not that was that seven-year-old girl, that teenager, or Allison last week, <laughs> what would be the lesson mm. that you would want to share with her? <laughs> Mary Rich. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like even I could tell myself this now. I could tell myself this last week. I could tell myself this when I was seven like that you are supported, even if it doesn't feel like anyone is supporting you, you are always supported and you are always, you always have a safe place to land. Um, yeah. I think I would have did, done some things differently if I knew that I was always supported. Hmm. I think I would have trusted myself more. I think... If you had known you were supportive. And I wouldn't say that I regret anything that I've done in business or in life. Like, because everything, there's things I can point to where I'm like, that led me to something I really didn't like. And that also led me to something that I don't think I would have now if I didn't go through that. Like something good that I have. Um, But I think that Mm. there was many specific times where I trusted somebody else more than myself. So it caused a lot of stress in my mind when there was something I wanted to do that somebody told me not to. And it's also led me to over-investing in support in my business, whether that be service providers or coaches or masterminds. There was just a long period of time where I didn't trust myself. And it's because I was looking for reassurance outside of myself. So I was kind of attracting these like self-made crises because it was the only thing that made me um, realized that I deserve support or like reach out for reassurance. It was like, it's like, what are these crises 
like, what's the need this is meeting for you? So like for people listening, whatever pattern you have, that it's like this thing you don't like that happens over and over again. Just think about like, what is there's something I'm getting from this. And for me, it was reassurance and support. Mm. So if I can give myself reassurance and support without creating a crisis, then I can just avoid the crisis. <laughs> that, that I wish I had learned that lesson sooner because that would have saved me some pain. Yeah. Wow. That's that right there. That is an amazing lesson. I feel like that is a part of this podcast that you need to rewind and listen to again. I know that I need to rewind and listen to that again. I mean, that is a really, really powerful lesson. Thank you for sharing that with me. Well, thank you so much for being part of this. I think that the listeners just got so much wisdom from from you. Um, and for those who are listening right now, I just want to kind of shed a little bit of light on the chaos that ensued <laughs> before we started this podcast. How many hours. times did we try to record this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that we tried for, I think we're like on our fourth or fifth time. I mean, it was just chaos, which I feel like every time something like that happens, it's because something like really remarkable and a really amazing lesson is going to be shared. I think even though it was all fantastic, that last like nugget of truth that you just shared was amazing. So thank you so much for, for being on our show today. <laughs> um, our show, we have a game show host. <laughs> hey. um, all right. But now our two truths and a lie. So I do, I do want to guess. I am going to guess. I'm going to guess that you've never broken okay, two a truths and one lie. That is true. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So that's, that's not the lie. Okay. Wait. Okay. So then What's I know the your other truth? truth. I know your other truth. So yeah. the other truth is that I know that you used to be a missionary. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I thought that was such a fascinating thing and I wanted to know so How much about it happen? when we were on the bus yeah, in so Belize. The I'm like, the lie is that I'm the youngest this. of three siblings. Yeah. And this is tricky because I'm only the middle child by okay. four minutes. I have an identical twin sister, but a lot of people know that, so I didn't Stop want to just it. say that one. So I am the youngest kind oh. of, but technically I'm the middle child by four minutes. All right, so what about like the stereotypes about only children? Then or about middle I children. I do claim do those, and claim I do those give my because sister you're technically a middle child. child. I don't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. So I actually, I, you know, it's funny. I forgot that you were a twin. As I remember one time on Allison's Instagram, um, you had posted <laughs> pictures, and I'm like, yeah. My yeah. goodness, that person looks like a whole other podcast episode. But my mom actually did not funny. know she was having twins until she started having contractions for my sister. Because they didn't do ultrasounds all the time. Stop. Surprise. It. No. Oh my gosh. She, so, like, thought, when they, they were preparing it was like the your nursery, and the doctor like, was like, it's a head. One of everything. And <laughs> now they do ultrasounds all the time. Stop. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wild. That is wild. That's amazing. So Nick and I, you know, I've shared with you, we're going through this fertility journey of, you know, trying to have a baby mm. and we both really want to have twins. So I'm going to take giving you, you and twin energy. Right now. Is this you're, is me you're giving me all of like the twin vibes. Me giving you twin energy. Yes. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, okay. So Allison, so for the listeners that want to find you, yeah, where my website is the best place. It's allisonreach.co, C-O. My name is spelled with one L. Um, two things to point out are a lot of things we talked about today. It's hard to go into detail about even like the feminine energy. I feel like it's a concept that is like hard to grasp. I wrote a really long blog post about it. And then the other thing I want to point out is I do free workshops every month that are live where I do coaching on every single workshop. So it's always a little bit of strategy and a lot of mindset. We can talk about whatever you want. Um, it's my favorite thing that I do. Those are free workshops at alisonraves.co slash workshop. Awesome. Thank you. So I will put both of those things, uh, both those links in the bio and let's do the actual link for the feminine, the blog too, because I think that will be a wonderful thing. So thank you so much, yeah, Allison. I appreciate you. you being on today and getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks. You've been listening to the Free To Be Podcast. I'm your host, Liza. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You've been listening.